Wired.com presents The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. And here is your host, David Barr Kirtley. Hello, and welcome to episode 209 of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. Our guest today is Simone Karate. He holds a PhD in comparative literature from Purdue University and works as course director for science fiction and fantasy at Full Sail University. He's also a senior research scientist at the Astrosociology Research Institute and author of the book The Generation Starship in Science Fiction. And we'll be speaking with him today about his new book, The Culture Series of Ian M. Banks, A Critical Introduction. The Culture Series is one of my favorite science fiction book series, and I'm very excited to be able to speak with Simone about it. And I also want to thank listener Rory Carroll for letting me know about Simone's new book. And so now here's our interview with Simone Karate. All right, so we're here with Simone Karate. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay, so your book paints a picture of Ian Banks as being this really colorful character. So could you just tell us a bit about his personality? Just what was he like? In, in, in a sense, I think th there, were, there were several sides to him, which is one of the reasons why I found him fascinating as a... Uh, as a personality, on the on the one hand, there was the crazy Ian Banks who, uh, w once in 1987 at a science fiction convention, decided to scale the building. I mean, the the the, the side of the hotel he was he was staying at, where the convention was was taking place, uh, because that's how he had decided he wanted to go to his to get to his room, <laughs> um, and because there had been a theft. Uh, of, of jewelry in the hotel just recently, the police caught him, and um, uh, and 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 there were you know people like Neil Gaiman were at, the, at this at this convention, and they had, and they had to convince the police that he was this respectable science fiction author and not this this thief that had decided to return to the scene of the crime for whatever reason. Uh, the, 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 there are a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, crazy Yen Bank stories and everything, but, and, and, and they're all true. There, there was, there was this crazy playful side to him that, and, and crazy enough that it was sometimes dangerous. He was, um, uh, he was a demon at the wheel, uh, you know, but, but he walked away from accidents with, you know, just like a shrug, uh, and, you know, so very, very genuine not there was there was nothing um studied or or rehearsed about that but he was also a, a really rather deep political uh thinker whatever uh we decide to uh say or believe about what he believed whatever assessment we decide to bring to his um uh to his beliefs he was he read widely he 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 engaged intellectually at every level um, he wanted to be a writer and he wrote. One of his professors said, you know, a lot of people talk about writing, but that doesn't mean much. Ian wanted to be a writer, so he wrote. He wrote continuously. He wrote, uh, he, he wrote with a passion. He wrote attentively. So he dedicated himself completely to, to the craft, which was very important because at the beginning of his, uh, of his writing career, he had no success whatsoever. He, he was rejected. Um, several, several, several of his early drafts for the novels that, that will later be published, uh, were rejected completely. And, uh, uh, and, e and even his debut novel, 
the Wasp Factory was rejected several times before his first publisher uh, took a chance, uh, took a chance with him, took a chance on him. So uh, there is that. There is also the literary side of the M. Banks because besides being widely read, he was also he also loved to experiment with his fiction, and his influences uh, are you know very wide ranging from, uh, from from Alasdair Gray, the author of Lenark, uh, uh, to science fiction writers like like John Brunner or or or, or M. John Harrison. Uh, to uh, John Clute as a as a lyricist, he was very very much interested in the new wave. Um, so several aspects of, of it was a man of many facets, if, if if you will, yeah. Right. Well, you mentioned that he was really interested in politics, and say a bit more about that because he was very staunchly left wing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. He was um, he was very staunchly left wing. Uh, he engaged in politics too. I mean, his friend and fellow science fiction writer Ken McLeod recounted a uh, an occasion in which Banks came to London, went to London to uh, uh, be with him and participate in this in this demonstration, which inevitably, for those times, I imagine, ended in a massive fight. And Banks gleefully waited in the fight, um, supporting his 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 intellectual points with. Fists. Um, not that he enjoyed violence, but he was he he didn't he didn't flinch. He 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 read, you know, uh, he read Chomsky. He read uh, he read uh, lots of Marxist texts, and he read uh, other uh, other there were other political influences too. But he, yeah, he was he was very much um, engaged in the intellectual side of of, of left wing action his and his actions uh, even when they seemed crazy were actually fairly carefully considered and he had a, diff- a unique way of writing books too that's unlike any author i've ever heard where he would kind of drive around the countryside and have adventures for most of the year and then buckle down right at the end of the year and and turn out a book and he did this every year yeah it every year and and it, and it it, it drove his colleague crazy too because <laughs> you know who like you said who does this? He he goofed around, drove around Scotland, drinking and eating spicy stuff. He 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 like apparently from 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 what I understand, he liked food at a level of spicy that would kill you and me. Uh, and uh, he drove, he had adventures. He had friends. He did he did whatever he wanted. And then around September of every year, he would hunker down and in three months uh, just create a novel. Uh, and then send it to his editor, and there there would be uh, like a round of proofreading and, and and everything, but not even that, not really that much. And then the novel would be out, and it <laughs> and it would be a bestseller, whether it was it was for his mimetic fiction or his non-mimetic uh, fiction. Uh, sorry, mimetic and non-mimetic. In other words, realism and and and, and non-realism. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever he did, that that's how he he approached it. Um, uh, he he actually said, I, "I don't, I don't do a lot of research. I just, I just, just spin this out from what from what I know." And uh, before we we decided he was that he was a genius that could essentially pick up knowledge from the air. He had studied a lot uh, before, and 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 one of the things that he loved to do during the year to as as relaxation was to read. So um 
he had done his research, just not while he was writing. Yeah, yeah. And so your book focuses on his culture series of science fiction novels. And you say that at the time that he set out to write these books, that the genre, the space opera genre, was really a very marginal genre, even within science fiction? Um. In 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 the nine in the nineteen seventies, uh, it, it had begun uh, returning from um, from a period during which it was uh, it was it was seen as very much as childish stuff, and th the reason is that um, you know when in, it, already in nineteen forty nineteen forty nineteen forty one, there were um, the science fiction was uh, sorry space opera uh, was already seen as sort of tired set of tropes endlessly repeated continuously in the work in works like like the novels by by uh E.E. Uh, e. Doc Smith or Edmund Hamilton you know and it was and it was and 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 Smith had gotten so good at at creating the planet and 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 solar system and galaxy busting weapons that he literally had to begin new series because he'd run out of stuff to destroy <laughs> in his unit. You, you know, you you're playing with the entire universe, you run out of stuff to destroy. Yeah, okay, you're thinking big. Um and so uh over over the years space opera be became something a little gauche even even within the uh Rather insular science fiction community of the uh, uh, of the uh, second uh, sorry third quarter I would say of the twentieth century because the, the 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 real game was in hard science fiction the kind of the kind of Campbell uh, fostered but it never quite went away because for the same reason why deep fried Twinkies don't go away it's a guilty pleasure and you you're not going to tell your friends you did that but you'll still read it. Uh, so in the fifties, Van Vogt, for example, was writing space opera, and and Smith continued uh, writing it un until until he passed away. It's just that uh, around uh, starting in the nineteen sixties, when the new wave uh, that that centered around New World's magazine began, uh, and and uh, and writers like Samuel Delaney, M. John Harrison, Brian Aldiss. Uh, J.G. Ballard, who's the poster boy for uh, for for the new wave, very much so, uh, started asserting that science fiction, okay, science fiction is based on science, yeah, but the emphasis should be on fiction, not science. It's an art form, not a college course on physics, sugared over with a pretty story. Uh, they they consciously rejected the approach of what they started describing as the old guard, who had only seen themselves as guys. You know, uh, suddenly you got these really young people coming in, and they call you the old guard, and suddenly you're old. Um, <laughs> and who knew? Uh, but uh, and and so uh, writers like Delaney and Harrison started bringing back space opera, precisely because it was this fanciful uh strange weirdo uh genre and they could play with it because it wasn't real it it, it was the, the super science of space opera is is it, like arthur c clark very famously said indistinguishable from magic so fine you know to hell with it let's have fun and they did i mean delaney wrote uh babel 17 and nova uh m john harrison famously wrote the centauri device 
uh, gorgeous, gorgeous space operas, beautiful, beautifully written and everything. And the writers could have cared less about plausibility. They, they did not worry one bit whether or not that was in any way a plausible or, 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 or whether or not it should represent a manual for humanities venture into space they just wrote a story because it was an aesthetic construct and it was beautiful um and banks learned that lesson very well right but i mean he did definitely want to write books that were making a statement right you say that he was fed up with the right-wing slant of so much space opera and he wanted to reclaim space opera for the left exactly uh yeah this is something probably that, that i should have said earlier uh apologies the uh uh Despite very notable works such as Delaney's and 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 Harrison's, space opera was largely very much about empire building and uh, treating other civilizations pretty much the way we treat uh, other civilizations here. If they are at at our level of technology, suspicion and and a Cold War ish attitude. If they are below our level of technology, it's just it's just the natives. You know the 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 uh, 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 the Aborigines, and 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 so we can do whatever we want um, with them. And precisely because he'd read Delaney and Harrison, Banks looked at um, uh, space opera and said, "I, I uh, now that in, in the aftermath of the new waves um, exhausting its momentum and the seventies petering out into a period of consolidation after all the turmoil of the nineteen sixties." Banks said, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm." I'm um, I'm going to write left-wing space operas that are that are inspired by writers like M. John Harrison, but I will I, I will flip the relationship of empire, uh, turn it on to turn it on its ear, and and I will make serious arguments using this crazy magical science fictional form. Uh, because I, I, can, I, can, I can do that, and precisely because uh, space opera is, generally speaking, so fanciful. But he wanted to beat space opera at its own right-wing game, essentially. And he did. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, and so he looks at these right-wing space opera empires and says, this is crazy. You know, in the future, if you don't like the emperor, you can just fly out into space. What's he going to do about it? And if, you know, there's not going to be this kind of scarcity because the technology is going to make every, all resources so plentiful. We need a completely different model for what a civilization in the in with advanced technology is going to look like. Yes, uh, yes. Well, the, the 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 idea, the the problem with what we would call classic space opera, uh, is that um, yes, it goes out into the galaxy, but it is at heart very conservative. Not necessarily in a political sense, although that comes in too, but but in the sense that. It does not really imagine uh, a political, social, economic structure that is in any way different from any of the models we have here on Earth. And if if we look at, I mean, even recent stuff, we're talking, you know, Star Wars Episode Seven. What we have is a scrappy band of rebels, giant empire in space, giant station, and and in fact, just like Doc Smith, J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams. Did everything bigger? Oh yeah, we you 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 destroyed two Death Stars. Well, look at this one. This is bigger and everything, and it, and it can kill you from several solar systems away. 
and 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 the beam is no longer one beam. No, no, we've done that. That's old, <laughs> old head. Anyway, it's that it's that kind of uh, spirit. So uh, the, the the assumptions of space opera uh, were that essentially the universe was readable. The outs the the world outside the Earth uh, was readable in terms of the power structures that we have created here on Earth that we that we would not have needed uh, to change ourselves once out in space. Banks thought that that was uh, that was aside from from morally uh, morally wrongheaded. Uh, he thought that it was insane. That how how do you how do you create a spacefaring civilization with warp drives, hypertech, and everything, and 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 you remain exactly what you were when you were still running around on your one planet. No, that's 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 not so. Um, what what he did was he knew. I mean, in 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 his in his reflections on on how he created the culture, especially in the essay that he wrote, um, uh, a few notes on the culture that he that he that he first um, made available in 1994 through Ken McLeod. He said, "Look, I know that that this universe is just not so." Okay, he he never he never pretended in any way, shape, or form that he was arguing for a uh, shape of the universe that could actually be real. He just said, "Maybe it is, maybe it's not." But I'm I got to write stories, and this is the the, the the playground that I created. This he used to say that uh, that that the culture series it's my train set. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and it was, what he did was, it, it was kind of a, um, a magician trick because nobody take, took space opera seriously. He, he, he just gave us these books and said, read, have fun. It's, it's only space opera, but inside there were these deadly serious messages. There was these deadly serious reflections on, Empire and civilization, and what does it mean to have a civilization? What does it mean to be civilized? Who 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 issues the definition? Right. Well, and so tell us a little bit more about the culture itself, because you describe it in the book as a government-free, labor-free, non-violent, moneyless, humane, technologically advanced, AI-administered utopia possessed of bottomless resources. Check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. It, yeah. Essentially. Essentially, it, it it's a. Uh, it's based on the idea, on the notion, and that is the argument, in fact, because if, if there is a viable argument that we can take from the structure uh, of, of the uh, culture universe, the physics of the culture universe even, is that once we go out in space and we have resources, like if we can tap into the, into the energy of stars and the, into the raw materials available in, out, in the, out in the universe, we have a chance to create a truly uh, zero scarcity um, uh, situation. We can we can create uh, a a a world in which the idea of hoarding resources is meaningless, and therefore uh, we can arrange a world in which we have we have true uh, true socialism, but not in the in any of the senses that we understand the term here on Earth. Uh, we 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 can we can have a society where ownership is not so much wrong as simply passé. It's just beside the point. Um, that's the argument that 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 he made. 
connected to that argument was an argument that is that is perhaps maybe the most pessimistic that, uh, statement that banks made in his story is that we cannot really be trusted with running a society because our brains don't work well enough uh, and we got too much stuff in our heads and 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 we and we tend to <laughs> make mistakes so uh he said he said you know in my universe uh the uh, logistics and and the bureaucracy uh uh and and uh, uh you know forward planning of 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 my society is run by these post human ais the, of of godlike faculties uh and these ais are benign uh not so much because they have looked into our hearts and and found us pure which we're not but because they find us interesting they they they, they they're looking at us and they go these are these 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 people are a mess and yet they were able to create our our long distant ancestors. So let's see if we can work with them and and, and do something uh and, and do and do something with them. So the culture is this is this place in which humans are they, uh, they're almost like germs, um bacteria inside a larger body that just essentially tolerates them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we we are a relatively benign rash if we are taught how how not to play with with guns and stuff like that. stuff like that. if we don't if we don't like our toys too much <laughs> well and say a bit more about the culture of citizens because they're all genetically engineered and they can switch genders and all kinds of interesting things yeah uh culture citizens have uh from birth they have access to a set of of internal glands and systems that allow them to control their body functions pretty much uh, they and because because bank, banks like every kid in the sixties I think or or early seventies he did his fair share of drugs and so uh, he thought about the problems like okay drugs are fun but they also turn you into into a Viking berserker so how about we find a way to 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 solve the problem and the problem is that if your body manufactures these drugs as part of its chemical balance then you don't get a side effect for the same reason why. Uh, you you don't you don't get side effects in, when your body is working normally within its chemical balance, and so we, they have drugs that can do anything from making them stoned in a happy sort of way to speeding up their reflexes if they are in combat. Uh, from from for example, having uh, uh, enjoying dreamless sleep if they are tired, to having in fact extremely vivid dreams and so on and so forth. I mean the the. Uh, be, between all the novels and and the short stories and everything, um, the culture people have a lot of glands, uh, and they're very fun to have. They they they, they also also their 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 limbs can regrow, their bodies can repair at a at a phenomenal rate. Uh, their eyes can see uh, in in more frequencies of the light spectrum than than, than ours. Uh, they can change they can change sex. Uh, they can change they can they can. At will, stop, interrupt, terminate, or or uh, or begin a pregnancy. Well, to begin a pregnancy, you have to have sex. But the culture people in, uh, clearly enjoy sex a lot, and they have been, and, and you know, you better believe that they have been tweaked in that area too. Um, and uh, uh, and and so th- there there is this utter control uh, over uh, over the the body physical in much the same way as the AIs exert 
a very, very powerful and benign, if benign, kind of control over the body politic. And I think that the books have such an interesting attitude toward work because you have people working as bartenders or construction workers and things like that just because they want to. And if they get bored with it, then they stop doing it. But yes, yes, they they um, uh, there is this beautiful conversation that the uh, that the protagonist of uh, use of weapons has with a number of culture statistics. He's he doesn't he does not originally come from the culture. And so in, inside this giant general systems vehicle. Uh, uh, where he is training to become a culture agent, um, uh, his handler, uh, she tells him, um, well, how about you walk around? Find out about us, you know, talk to us, just, just, just you know, have sex with us, which he does. <laughs> um, of course. Um, and he walks around and he sees, you know, uh, uh, he sees a culture citizen wiping ta a table, you know, being being a bartender. Said, Why are you doing this if, if machines can do that? Well, because it gives me pleasure. I mean, it, uh, uh, this this table is clean, and I cleaned it. You're enjoying this table because it's clean, and I cleaned it. It gives me satisfaction. He talks to another uh, worker. She is helping build the uh, uh, the uh, uh, outer structure of one of the uh, of a general contact unit. Uh, the mind is 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 being trained inside virtual reality somewhere else, and and she says, of of course, robots and and the 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 general systems vehicle itself could do the job much faster. But what does that matter? At the end, when this ship flies out, I'll look at it and say, see, I I I made it. I helped make it. It that has value unto itself, and that is goes back to one of the uh, one of E. M. Banks's most deeply held beliefs. He was an atheist. He saw the universe as a giant mechanistic uh, instrument, uh, this 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 giant machine that was uh, just chugging along, devoid of any uh, necessary meaning. Uh, and because the universe is devoid of any necessary meaning, if we want to have meaning, if we want to have meaning for ourselves, and if we want the universe to have a meaning, we were going to have to we're going to have to project this meaning out onto the universe, so that um, in, in much the same way as indeed we would write a novel, the blank page means nothing until you you've written something on it. At which point, it means something, but you projected that meaning onto it. And uh, and several times, uh, several citizens of the culture tell this this character, yes, but in the end, what signifies? What does matter? Because I mean, everything will die in the end. Universes die. So why why can't we have fun while we while while we exist? Why can't we in, enjoy ourselves? And the other side of it is, uh, these characters say, well, of course, if I did nothing but clean tables, yeah, it would be a terrible waste of my, of of my life. But that's not what I. That's not just the only thing that I do. I would, we study other cultures, we study linguistics, we do this, this, and that. So just like you said, uh, culture citizens can engage in any kind of activity or not as they will as, and without, and without any kind of social pressure to become a useful member of society because useful in the culture means something very, very different. That, that was, that was the reason why, uh, his idea of labor uh, was connected to value, not cost. Because cost and price are just 
tax, but what does what do things matter? I mean, I I have, um, I have an old iPad that is nothing compared to the iPads we have today. But on the other side, my wife wrote, "For Simone, love, joy." That thing means the world to me, far greater than the price tag that that came with it. Banks separated these two, eliminated the price tag because in a post-scarcity economy, you don't need that, and then said, it's all value. What value do you have? Argue it, and, 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 then you, and, and then off you go, which is why the culture as a whole has developed the contact and special circumstances section because uh, blessed, by, blessed with so much abundance and joy and happiness and, and carefree existence, uh, they, they, they justify their existence in this universe by creating a better meaning for others who do not have what they have, which is where every story in the culture series comes in. Right. And that's where the, the drama comes in because the, the culture has to decide how do we get these, these other less advanced cultures to do what we want without stooping to their level. Exactly. And, and even before we get to arguing that, the question is, who the hell are we to decide what they need? Are we really that good? Are we really that? Because the, 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 the culture intervenes, yes, but it's very cautious. It's very, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's very, uh, wary of, of, of messing around with other civilizations, uh, because they have, tried in the past and learned from their mistakes uh, and also because banks have seen what we in the industrialized West do when we go let's help the poor natives you know let's let, let's help those poor people be civilized and then before you know it we're dropping bombs on them uh, he he created the culture precisely to to do among the many other things that it, that it does because it, his novels have several levels of levels of reading. Uh, to get us to think about what it means to, um, you know, export civilization, to use a frankly hateful phrase, um, export democracy and everything. And in, in fact, that is the dramatic engine that powers every single culture, culture story. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? And in fact, the culture series begins with the culture at war. And at the beginning, because Banks is playing the game of, flipping space opera uh, and turning it on, on, on its ear, uh, the culture appears to be the enemy in this giant galactic war. It is only by reading the entire novel that you realize that the guys we were rooting for, because as readers of space opera, that's what we expected, are actually scum. They're, ho they're awful. They are, they are the worst kind of, of religious zealot you can imagine, you know, uh, the, the Spanish conquistadors writ large. Um, and, and then after that, it's, you know, the player of games talks about how you send this one guy to play a game because the game is the empire and, the, and winning the game decides the, uh, the uh, political structure of the empire every year. And, uh, and so, and, but this empire is phenomenally cruel and brutal and we want to topple it, but, they, 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 they're too terrified of us and we, 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 we cannot engage in normal uh, diplomatic channels. So we are going to act indirectly through 
the eponymous player of games and he goes and wins the game and 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 the empire collapses and it's all very dramatic but the culture has reached the uh, the end game with the absolute minimum of losses and, and so on and so forth so and and, and again uh after you, we say the absolute minimum of losses the novels themselves argue oh yeah well that's wonderful to hear unless of course you're one of the losses um what do you have to say about them uh which is and 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 in fact in look to windward we explore exactly this kind of problem when we find out that the culture has made a mistake it intervened in another civilization's um religious and caste-based system in a way that created a terrifying massive civil war uh and they made a mistake and the culture came clear and said i'm sorry it was our fault we did this this and that because we wanted to help you but the resentment remains and and so uh and 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 and, and indeed the, the one of the protagonists of the story is a suicide bomber which which is why the the novel which banks wrote in 2000 resonated powerfully no 2001 probably uh resonated powerfully in the aftermath of 911 reading it in the post 911 world was was a strange, strange experience. That, um, yeah. Well, no, I think that's such a key point, though, that the culture isn't perfect, because I think it would have been really easy for banks. You know, they have these godlike AIs and that they always just do everything right. But one of the godlike AIs in one of the books says, even I can't predict where a, a snooker ball is going to bounce after more than six times. You know, that even these godlike intelligences aren't um, omniscient. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't that a great line? Yeah. The snooker ball, because we're, we're uh, in the story that you're referencing, uh, we are in fact talking about Earth. The culture has has arrived on Earth, and they are observing us in 1977, not at our best, I will say, uh, and and they're deciding whether to contact or not. And and the uh, the uh, human, the uh, biological protagonist, uh, is arguing with the uh, mind that controls the ship. The general contact unit said, "Okay, what 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 do we do? What do we do?" Said, and he and uh, the the uh, the mind says, "Look, I am the 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 most powerful intelligence within several uh, uh, cubic light years um, all around us, but even I cannot predict where a snooker ball is going to end after more than six bounces." It, yeah, you know the. the uh, it's it's it is not a certain game, and we 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 try to help, but but there is there are uncertainties, and uh, uh, I've always loved the way in which Banks uses characters in his novels to argue the culture in, into a position of humbleness. That just like you said, they're, they 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 don't think themselves as as gods; they just think themselves as really really lucky sentients. Right. And it's so powerful in that story to see our own society through the eyes of the culture because they summarize our economic system as one in which all food, comfort, energy, shelter, space, fuel, and sustenance <laughs> gravitates naturally and easily from those who need it most and toward those who need it least. Yeah. I, I remember needing a drink after reading that one. But yeah, uh, that, yes, it's, it's a, uh, that was, um, one of Banks's, um, critiques. Of capitalism, which is in in fact a fair critique, it is, uh, it 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 is a it is a very fair point. Um, but the other thing is that 
because banks really believed in creating well-rounded arguments. In other words, he believed in 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 saying things that that gave every side a fair shake. The character that says that 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 says these words, while completely right in intellectual terms, he's also the weirdo of the story. Um, and and he's 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 completely crazy because he is describing Earth's uh, systems as as these really destructive machines. But the end of his this of of his argument is that he wants to become captain of the ship, which is insane, for the same reason why a flea cannot become captain of a dog. <laughs> uh, uh, it, 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 you know, he wants to become captain of the ship. And he's wielding a lightsaber, a real one, because of course the ship made him a real one. That—that uh, that is his electoral speech. He's—he's <laughs> he's running for captain of the ship, and at the end, he—he uh, he says, "My solution is very simple: a black hole at the center of the planet will just eat everything away, and we will be rid of them forever." At the end, everybody claps. They pick him up, throw him into the pool. <laughs> and, and 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 the lightsaber gets shorted out. So it, it is, and it's funny, but at the same time, it's another way that Banks has of saying, "Yeah, okay, a lot of things are very wrong." And and by the way, Banks hated these people. Okay, he hated the Tories in England and every and every conservative, every right winger, uh, uh, with a passion. He was he really did. But in his stories, he always made the point of of checking himself and the characters he spoke for. Why? He'd read Heinlein. Heinlein, uh, in whom we owe a lot because he's kind of the father of science fiction as a publishing re- reality today. Um, Heinlein had this mania for creating arguments uh, that were traps. Inside Heinlein's story, you either agreed with the characters who were very, very clearly his mouthpieces, or you were the villain. Uh, so that, so that, and Heinlein used, used characters as his mouthpieces without, without shame. Banks did not like that. He, 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 he liked thinking. He liked arguing. He liked, uh, the, 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 the clarity of argument and the ability to, to see as many points as possible. So, um, from from a metafictional perspective, if you will, you are looking at this great. By the way, it's a beautiful speech. It's it's hysterical. <laughs> um, uh, but but he puts it in the mouth not of the ship, because if the ship said that, then the culture is nuking Earth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, it, but but it's the wacko of the crew. Okay. Uh, that 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 says that, and nobody takes him seriously. Although they kind of agree with him that Earth sucks, but but genocide is still not a good thing to do. Okay, so uh, there is that aspect. That one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed Max is, is that he is so intelligent in the way he presents arguments, because he he does not necessarily he he resists time and again throughout the entire culture series. I mean, ten novels. A few short stories and one novella. Throughout, no, sorry, nine novels, one novella. Through all this work, he never once that I could discover uh, creates a uh, mouthpiece, a, a, a naked mouthpiece for himself. 
Right. And you say that this seems to be a point that's lost on a lot of critics who, because he complicates and reflects the messy reality of the culture, they just can't believe that he could actually have genuine utopian intent. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, a, a, lot of, a lot of critics who point out that the, the culture is a postmodern kind of science fiction. Uh, whatever that means, because it's postmodern these days has, has acquired an, such a huge number of meaning that I'm not always sure that the critics I've read are quite, are themselves quite sure that we're all talking the same language, uh, that we all mean the same thing, the same thing when we use the word postmodernism. But yeah, that, 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 that because Banks creates this, this society and then subjected to this very, very harsh criticism sometimes that his, his intent is exclusively deconstructive. That is, uh, that is, in my opinion, a crucial misreading of, of the, uh, of the uh, culture series. Banks believed in everything he said. And, but one of the things he believed in was that you don't get to claim the high road if you're not walking. And to walk it means to be the first entity under scrutiny. Because otherwise there is, on the other side, there is the attitude that, that, that brings us to say this is the greatest country on earth. We don't need to do anything else. And that, that's, that's the kind of behavior that brings us to drop bombs on people, put them in Guantanamo or Abu Ghraib or any other prison that you can, that you can care to mention. Because, uh, when you start, uh, when you start thinking that you're the greatest guy and that you can obviously not change because you're, you're, you're done, a cash it in mentality sets in and you, you're not walking the high road anymore. In fact, you're becoming a dystopian version of yourself. So yeah, it, it, he, he, um, all these critics who keep saying, no, it's this, it, it's really destructive because the culture is an empire. No, no, it's not. It's not. And it, and the, and the times when it looks like it's behaving as an empire are the times when, uh, Banks believes in it the most because, uh, you, you, you always question yourself. Always. Yeah, so that that that, I, that 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 that's that's one um, maybe the major disagreement that I that I've had with the other voices that I've brought into my book, all the other people who have written about um, the culture. This this um, this difference between deconstructing and and simply critiquing. Right. I mean, would you say that was your main motivation for writing this book, or did you have other other motivations in mind? My motivations were uh, strictly personal, if I'm honest. Uh, the first culture novel that I read was Accession, and I read it in 1997 at a difficult time in my life. Um, I had lost my mother only a few months before. And uh, although there is nothing in the story that is any different from, from the stories of people who have lost parents, uh, like everybody else, I was, I was struggling to find a meaning of my own that could kind of slingsh slingshot me into a... Uh, into a, into a better place inside my head, and I I did what what uh, every reader of fantasy and science fiction has done ever since the genres came into being. Uh, I I displaced myself into another universe so that I could look at mine from a different perspective, and Banks immediately gave me hope. Uh, uh, he constructed stories inside which I could look at my sense of of suffering and my sense of loneliness and my sense of being sundered from my own world because my world had been essentially demolished around me. Uh, 
that that and and in a way that that I could recognize as 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 meaningful as it was a good way to think about my future. It was a, a good way of realizing that there was indeed a future for me beyond my 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 pain and 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 everything. And also, and this is something that would have happened anyway, uh, because I, I I was struggling to articulate a position for myself. Uh, Politically and, and publicly, I was I was trying to understand who, what kind of person I was going to be. Um, the culture stories opened up uh, lines of inquiry and 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 um, categories of thinking that I had never even considered before. Um, and so I grew to love the series with uh, with fierceness. It's the only it's it's an app an appropriate turn to use in this case uh and ever since i read um accession that first time because i was already doing work on my ba uh in in back in italy i i thought one one day i'm going to write about this i want to write about this uh and it took me 15 years to get there but i did i i um uh, and then of course um uh, there is his death he i was researching the book when he announced that he had um, gallbladder cancer, and that there was nothing to do, and the news brought the work to a screeching halt. I couldn't. I, I, you know, I'd learned. Um, I'd learned a few years before that you can, in fact, cry for for the passing of somebody you've never met, and 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 that uh, it happened again with Terry Pratchett, for example. And when Banks announced his passing, and when he passed away two months later, uh, for a while I just <clears throat> did other other things until my publisher contacted me again and said, well, "What would you like to do?" <clears throat> and and at that point it was September, and what was going to be kind of an open book, and I was going to go to. Loncon in, in in August of 2014 and interview Banks because after many many years in Scotland he was traveling quote unquote abroad uh, and uh, and I was going to talk to him I, I that's totally what I was going to do and uh, but I couldn't do it anymore and so what what was going to be this open book this this you know work of uh, labor of love that was open and happy and and uh, thrust toward the future became a closed book because suddenly uh, we were looking at the culture as a complete set, uh, and and I treated it as that, and and I tried to uh, to do right by 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 Banks. I tried to honor him as as much as I could. It was a labor of love. It was tinged with sadness, but uh, but yeah, but I still decided to go ahead for all these reasons. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, when you talk about how personally significant these science fiction novels are to you, I mean, certainly I've had the same experience, and it makes me think of one of the quotes, uh, the Ian M. Banks quotes in this book, where he says that he thinks that science fiction is at least potentially the most important literary form in the world. Yeah, thank you for saying it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, that, that, that's that's why I dedicated my. Uh, my 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 life to it and to and to fantasy uh, to, to me the literatures of the fantastic are uh potentially because of course sturgeon's law still applies uh potentially they are uh they they are the greatest form because they treat the world as something that is not fixed 
they treat human institutions as things that, that, that are not permanent because they're not. We just think that they are because we've been living with them so long that, that we, we think they'll never go, but that, that isn't true. Empires end. Uh, social systems stop or change into something else. Um, uh, economic empires crumble. Uh, we, we, um, unfortunately for us, heartbreakingly, buildings crumble too. Uh, um, before, way before their time. And, uh, and science fiction is this storytelling device for l- l- letting us know that the world will not stay the way that it is and that that is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, so, so, and, and, it, and it depends, you know, when science fiction, uh, gives us a change for the worse, we call it a dystopian, a dystopian change. And so you get 1984, Brave New World, The Handmaid's Tale, you know, uh, V for Vendetta. Uh, it, it looks like a cautionary tale because science fiction is at heart a rather optimistic genre because it, uh, at the heart of science fiction is the belief that we can reverse engineer this mess that we've made. That we, you can, that you, 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 we can ride these giant engines of change that we've created through, uh, the scientific, technological, and industrial revolutions. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, the, the, the taken, taken all together, science fiction is this giant user's manual to planet Earth. Um, and, uh, and so the dystopias are like, okay, don't do this. All right. The utopias are like, well, you could do that. Um, and so you, it, it, there are like thought experiments in, in, inside lab conditions. Uh, and Banks, I think that Banks understood that. And, 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 and he set out to devise these thought experiments and say, here's what I think. Um, you, you make of this what you will. So, so at the very end of this book, you say, if I were allowed one wish, I'd have it be the breaking down of the largely artificial barriers that separate Ian M. Banks' science fiction from his non-science fiction novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the, the the reason he the, that's something that always irritated him that uh, most people, most critics uh, focused on his um, mimetic work uh, and treated the science fiction as some sort of weird indulgence that that, that he that he that he had. Um, and he said, "No, no, th- 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 this is not." Uh, the, the, he used to call the the, the the mimetic novels his Hampstead novels. Uh, he said, "No, they are they have equal value." And indeed, uh, if 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 there is one that's more valuable, that would be the science fiction part. Uh, but because he grew to like his Hampstead novels, I would like people to. I would like all of us to read. Say accession next to um, the wasp factory or the bridge or uh, uh, the steep road to Garbadale. I think that that is the title. I hope I hope it is. Or uh, indeed, Dead Air, uh, which was not as among his most successful, but it tackled nine uh, eleven. Um, because they are two expressions of the, of the same. Attempt to argue, to argue things. And they're not, uh, the barriers are artificial because, uh, because we keep thinking, yeah, it's science fiction, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's stuff for kids. No, no, it's not. 
it doesn't mean that, that it's the same as mimetic fiction. It's not. It, it, neither should it be. But we can, in fact, see all his novels, all the stuff that he did, as aspects of the same personality, because this is what writers do. Um, and so I would like to see one day, um, and, 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 and if I don't see it soon enough, I, I may well uh, hit the wall and write it myself. Uh, I would like to see one day one work that tries to address Bank Banks's overall work uh, as a complete opus that that is interconnected, because it is, it is, it doesn't it doesn't look like it is, but that's because we haven't been thinking about it hard enough. All right, great. So yes, we're pretty much out of time now. Do you have any just uh, final words you want to say, or any other projects you want to mention? Um, well, right now I'm under contract for a for a book on the on cyberpunk, the history of cyberpunk, which which I'm which I'm discovering is way bigger than I thought it was. Uh, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Um, I, the thing is, I, I really hope that I did justice to, to, to banks. That, that's that I, the, the, I was constantly afraid that I was not doing a, a good enough job. That, 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 that people would hate the book or tell me that it was foolishly written or that I, that I had completely misunderstood his work, and I was afraid to find that that was indeed the case. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day, ten years from now, we'll read it and go, "Oh my God, I'm a complete idiot." <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it it hasn't happened yet. It, 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 I, 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 uh, I never met him. He never knew me from Adam, and he means to this day so much to me because his thinking influenced me in so many ways. That I, that I could do nothing but try and honor his memory and 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 his work and yeah this this um, I I I I hope to God in which he didn't believe uh, in whom he didn't believe um, I hope to God I did the right thing. <laughs> well, you know, if you stick around on the internet long enough, I'm sure there'll be some people who tell you that they hated it. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I've already met a couple. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I thought it was just absolutely terrific. I underlined pretty much the whole thing, and uh, I really think you did a terrific job with, with it. So, uh, for what thank that's you. worth, I'm, I'm, I, it, it's worth a lot. I, I thank you, thank you very much. It's, it's, uh, it, it mean this means a lot to me. So, thank you, thank you. I also just want to mention you have a book called The Generation Starship in Science Fiction, and you're also involved with the Astro Sociology Research Institute and Full Sail University. Do you want to say anything about that? Well, the, the, the book is essentially what it, what it, what it says it is. I, uh, it's the history of, of this idea of the generation starship, uh, traveling through space toward whatever destination as entire generations of human beings live out their lives and die inside the ship, which becomes essentially a mobile world. Okay. A planet with engines. Uh, and, and that, and that was the first, the first book I wrote. And it's, it's something that fascinates me about the idea. Uh, as for, uh, Full Sail is, is, uh, my, my school, my university. It, it caters to the entertainment, uh, industry. Uh, it has several programs that you can learn to be a sound technician or a graphic designer, uh, computer graphics and everything. And I work in the creative writing BFA. I teach fantasy and science fiction. So I, 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 I bring 
uh, the, the, all this all this knowledge that I have accumulated over years of studying for my BA, my MA, my PhD, uh, and 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 so and I teach both online and 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 on campus, and it's 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 a wonderful place to be. Uh, I I'm, I'm having the time of my life. My students are wonderful, uh, and uh, and and I and I have become together with two friends and colleagues the uh, initiator of a uh, group called the Fantastica group after John Clute's definition of Fantastica and we discuss all, all every form of fantastic we meet once a month and we just talk about stuff like that it's 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 it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun as for ARI ARI is a uh, a nonprofit organization dedicated to um uh, to bring a humanities based look on on the human venture into space uh, the, the 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 idea being that if we go out into space we better bring our art with us our aesthetics with us we better bring our uh, our thinking our sociology or our uh, ev- everything with us because uh, it's what makes us who we are so what would an artist a painter a sculptor a sociologist a a psychologist a behavioral psychologist make of the idea of you know living inside habitats or 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 living on planets terraforming whatnot and and ARI is devoted to discussing all these humanities based concepts uh humanities based arguments so it's it's a interdisciplinary uh organization that keeps uh uh attracting people from from many many walks of life uh and uh and and I am and I am and I'm one of them and I and one of the people who speak for uh, fantastic fiction. Yeah, well, no, that all sounds fantastic. Um, I also just wanted to mention, I saw that your wife works for NASA. <laughs> yeah, she does what I talk about. She <laughs> she grows plants in space. Uh, she is a uh, plant biologist, and uh, uh, recently her um, um, the uh, uh, veggie chamber, which is an acronym for something that grows veggies, because we we love to create acronyms that actually describe what the thing does. Uh, so why do we need the acronym? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We just like acronyms. Uh, but it, uh, she, um, she tested this growth chamber and she, uh, and her plants, uh, she, she created, she, she made the plants and the plant pillows and she created the lighting systems. So her team worked on this and, uh, recently, uh, we, we, we were treated with the site of lettuce growing in space. And later, to astronauts for the first time in human history, eating uh, lettuce that was grown outside the Earth on the ISS, and that was my wife's lettuce. And later, it was my wife's zinnias. Uh, um, uh, uh, which Kelly brother was up recently? Not Mark. Um, I'm blanking on on his on his on his first name, but he created a flower arrangement with zinnias on the ISS. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's, and, she, and, and my wife, she, she recently went to the, uh, White House, uh, and, uh, seeded the White House garden together with Michelle Obama and a large group of children from several different schools in several different states. Uh, yeah, she's, um, I mean, uh, I, I, I got delusions of grandeur, but <laughs> she, but she actually does it and she's, um, uh, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's amazing. <laughs> Oh, well, all that stuff just sounds so amazing and fascinating. So just I want you and your wife to keep up the good work because that just sounds great. 
<laughs> we'll do what we can, but yeah, we'll 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 try to we'll try to keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've been speaking with Simone Karate, and this book again is called "The Culture Series of E and M Banks." So Simone, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so very much for having me. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of keeping up with good work, you do the same. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. And that was our interview. So big thanks again to Simone Karate for joining us on the show. Big thanks as well to everyone who's given us five stars on iTunes, including Eric Caria in Australia, who writes, I came across this podcast last month and started from the beginning. I love it so much. It makes my commute to and from work surprisingly enjoyable. I also feel like someone from the future when they talk about new and upcoming books and series like Game of Thrones. I love hearing the speculation about what they think it will be like, and they have pointed me in the direction of so many great books and movies to get my hands on. Thanks so much, Dave and John. So big thanks again to Eric Caria for that great review. And remember that Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is made possible thanks to support from listeners like you. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, please sign up to give us a dollar or two per episode over at patreon.com geeks. And if you'd rather make a one-time or fixed monthly contribution, you can do that via PayPal over at geeksguideshow.com crowdfunding. So big thanks again to everyone who's contributed. We really appreciate it. All right, so that was our show. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is a production of Wired.com. For more information about the show, visit geeksguideshow.com. To learn more about your host, visit davidbarrkirtley.com. Music and voiceover produced by yours truly, Jack Kincaid. If you enjoyed this program, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy it, tell no one. Thank you for listening.